Last week during worship, we had some good testimonies. On the way out, I got to hear about them. <laughs> they get to hear about them on the way, while they were happening in here. Bob told me on his way out, he said he came in with his shoulder hurting. I think it was hurting, hurting early. I was trying to get the whole details of it. I haven't gotten all the details from him just yet on it, but he'll get them to me. And we'll let, the, let you all know. But he was uh, having that problem during worship. Amen. Went away and got healed. Someone else was talking to me about that on the way out, too. Was that Vanessa? Is that you? Yes, it was. I, I, was, I think that was Vanessa. She got healed, too. She got real quiet, so you know it's her. <laughs> what did you get healed of, Les? I was trying to remember what those. The ear, that was it. Ear was all clogged up. And during the worship service, just opened up. So you got to hear. Glory to God. You got to hear Ethel's testimony already. And then we had one other person, Jim. He saw the email. And so he said, I had one, too. <laughs> he got prayed for by the worship team. His uh, voice was having a hard time, and so the worship team laid hands on him, prayed over him, and he was able to get through last week, sing and, and uh, shout and holler and whatever else he wanted to do. So these things are going on during service, and you all don't tell anybody until after it's all over. But <laughs> Nah, we're just glad you know, God's moving, doing things, and it's always nice to hear what God is up to. We're going to be over in the book of Kings today, over in 1 Kings. These are actual answer machine answers recorded and verified by the world-famous International Institute of Answer Machine Answers. Hi. Now you say something. Beep. Hi, I'm not home right now, but my answer machine is, so you can talk to it instead. Wait for the beep. Hello, I'm, David answering, I'm David's answer machine. What are you? Hello, this is Sally's microwave. Her answer machine just eloped with the tape deck, so I'm, ta- I'm stuck with taking her calls. <laughs> Say, if you want anything cooked while you leave your message, just hold it up to the phone. Beep. Hello, you are talking to a machine. I am capable of receiving messages. My owners do not need siding, windows, or a hot tub, and their carpets are clean. They give to charity through their office and do not need their picture taken. If you're still with me, Leave your name and number and they'll get back to you. This is not an answer machine. This is a telepathic thought recording device. After the tone, think about your name, your reason for calling, and a number where I can reach you. And I'll think about returning your call. Hi, I am probably home. I'm just avoiding someone I don't like. Leave me a message and if I don't call you back, it's you. <laughs> Hi, this is George. I'm sorry, I can't answer the phone right now. Leave a message and then wait by the phone until I call you back. You're growing tired. Your eyelids are getting heavy. You feel very sleepy now. You are gradually losing your willpower and your ability to resist suggestions. When you hear the tone, you will feel helplessly compelled to leave your name, number, and a message. Please leave a message. However, you have the right to remain silent. Everything you say will be recorded and will be used by us. Well, how many times have you called somebody up only to get their answer machine? And when you really need to talk to that person, isn't it a little frustrating? It doesn't get you into another mode than maybe the one you were in when you first called. We're talking about faithfulness and we're talking about faithful in Thanksgiving. And we're going to look at a person who didn't do that. Over in 1 Kings chapter 21. Last week we gave you this. 
the purpose of church, the gifts that God gives to the church and other believers was revelation of unknown and renewal of known truths for the resisting of false pursuits. I hope some of you just wrote that down, put it on your refrigerator. So if you ever wonder, why are we here as a church? Why do we get together at church? Why do we even show up? It is for the revelation of unknown and the renewal of known truths for the resisting of false pursuits. In other words, reveal, renew, and resist. And we gave you another one that you wrote in on your outlines last week, which was to receive, to give to others, and endure. To receive, to give to others, and endure. We are to receive when we're in church. We're to receive when we draw off of the gifts that God has placed in the body. We are to receive when we're around other believers. We can receive, but then we're also to give what we have received. If you've got revelation, God's given you revelation knowledge. God's given you understanding. Give to someone else. Don't just hang on to it. It does you good when you give it to someone else. Oh, I learned that in church today. I learned that listening to a tape. Learned that listening to a podcast. <laughs> Glory to God, podcasts are just going to replace tapes. I think that's just what it's going to be. We're going to say instead of tapes, we just have, we got a podcast. No more CDs, no more tapes, just podcasts. Except for Ethel. Ethel will hang on to tapes until her car is replaced. <laughs> and no more tape players are made or something like that. <laughs> in the Bible, in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-seven. You don't have to turn there. It's right in your outline. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I always think of Keith Moore's song when I read this verse. Keith just put this, this verse to song and mm, boy, it's good. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that word there, gives, is that present, past, or future. Who gives us... Doesn't that have to do with the present and the future? It's talking about all these things. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But the first thing he starts off with is thanks be to God. How often are we not thankful? How often are we not in a thankful mode? We've gotten out of that. We need to be faithful in thanksgiving. Boy, it is so easy to get out of being thanks, thanksgiving. We've taught on these principles before, but how you all know we need to get renewed on these every once in a while. Remember the purpose. Revelation of the unknown. Renewal of known truths. So we're going to go over some things that you may already know. And maybe some things you don't. But whatever it is, it's going to keep you from being, or from, it's going to keep you resisting the false pursuits. Because there's false pursuits out there. And you know why we follow after them? Because we didn't realize they were false. <laughs> if you knew they were false, you wouldn't have gone that way, right? 1 Kings 21. We're going to look at somebody who went after a false pursuit. Verse 1, And it came to pass after these things that Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel next to the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. Can you imagine the view? How would you like to have your house and your vineyard where you work right next to a palace? Mm. Glory to God. It's good. It's a good view. I'm sure that the palace wasn't ugly. So Ahab spoke to Naboth, saying, Give me your vineyard, that I may have it for a vegetable garden, because it is near, next to my house, and for it I will give you a vineyard better than it. Or if it seems good to you, I will give you its worth in money. So either way, he's going to either give him a better vineyard, 
or I will give you money for it. One way or the other, just, you know, I'll replace it for you. But your, where your vineyard is, is convenient for me. So what this is, is Ahab, he had an idea. I need a vegetable garden. So he's thinking about that. I need a vegetable garden. He thinks about that. He looks around, looks around, looks around. Oh, right there at work. Yeah. Have you ever thought about that? You're looking around your house and you've got an idea of something and there's something else there already. Right? That doesn't stop you from thinking about it, does it? I mean, it's there. It don't matter. Because you can picture something else there. Maybe you look out in your driveway and you see your car and you picture another car. Maybe you look out and you see weeds and you picture grass. Maybe you look out there and you see loose stones and you picture brick pavers. Nicely arranged. Nice, not just straight, kind of wavy. Looking real nice. and Can't you sometimes do that? That's what Ahab is doing. He's picturing something where something else is right now. And so he's got an idea. So what he has to do is get what he doesn't have. So going on, go on down to Naboth. Let's see if we can negotiate something. But Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to you. So what he is basically telling them is this. I would love to sell you the thing because you know you're the king and all. But God won't let me do it. He's told me that I need to keep this in my family and I need to pass this on. I cannot do it. Even if you gave me a better vineyard, I wouldn't be obeying God. I need to hang on to this thing. And so he said no. He said no to someone paying him more money than it was worth. Someone giving him a better vineyard than he had. So Ahab went into his house sullen and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And he lay down on his bed and turned away his face and would eat no food. Oh, he's so sad. He's just so sad. Now, some of them, you, know, you might think, because we, we think about things as they are today, we might think, oh, he's just holding out for more money. How many of you are around when the casinos first went into Atlantic City? I used to deliver down there around the time that the casinos came in, so I was pretty familiar with some of the things that are going on with, with, uh, with that. And there was this one casino. They were buying up the properties like most of them did. They bought up the properties. What happened to property values in the areas where hotels, casinos wanted to go? They went high. And there was this one old lady. I believe she was widowed. And she owned a house. And they wanted to, to buy all of them. And she held out for more money. And they gave her more money and said, no, she wanted more. And she got just greedy. And so they built it around her. <laughs> Build it around her. Guess how much her house is worth now. <laughs> or at least at that point. I'm sure it's probably gone by now. But <laughs> she's not going to get much of anything for it. They just built it around her. Said, so, well, forget that. We'll just... And you got this old dilapidated house around this parking garage or casino or whatever it was that, was that they just built around. So they just made it so that that wasn't going to be in their way anymore. Well, maybe he's holding out for more money. No, this is, he's doing what God said. God said no. And so Ahab comes home. He's so... Oh, he's so disappointed. He is so down about this. He lay down on his bed and he turned away his face and he wouldn't eat any food because he can't get his vegetable garden. I had my heart set 
on a vegetable garden. And now I can't have it. Not everyone's on board with this. You ever had an idea and not everyone is on board with it? I mean, you get on home, the wife has an idea, the husband's not on board. The husband has an idea, the wife's not on board. Mom and dad have an idea and the kids aren't on board. Something like that's going on. Not everyone's on board with the, with the thing. So he goes home and he has a pity party. When was the last time you had a pity party? Hopefully not yesterday. Last week, hopefully you got more time in there. Well, have you ever felt real sorry for yourself? Real sorry for yourself. Just, oh, I need, oh, I'm so sorry for myself. Oh, I should have this. Oh, just, just in there crying and complaining. How many times has something happened at work? Something's happened at work. Work's going on. And you got, you got, you got gypped. It didn't work out. Wait a minute. I got gypped. You know, you hear that all the time with professional sports players. They sign a big contract. They're happy with that contract until someone else gets a bigger one. <laughs> now, this, isn't, this is peanuts. Who, who plays football for $3 million a year? I mean, who does that? <laughs> oh, we get so upset. We get so much in self-pity. Oh, woe is me. Look at what I've got. Look what's happened to me. Oh, it's so bad. How many have been there with that? This is what Ahab's doing. He can't get a vegetable garden. Now, who is Ahab? He is the king. He is the king. He has vineyards all over the country. He has a castle. He has chariots. Horses. He's got people who wait on him. Make his meals, clean up his dishes, run the vacuum, do the dusting, take care of all of it. He doesn't have to lift a finger. He can go into a room and make a mess and leave. And come back and the mess is all gone. Someone takes care of that for him. Isn't that good? Wouldn't you like to have that? How many want to be there with that? Go in there... You don't have to make dinner. Just go in there. You can make a mess just to make a mess. And just say, clean it up. And people do that for you. They just sit around waiting for something to do. Then in there, he's king. He has a castle. If it was modern day, he'd have a Lexus and a Mercedes and a BMW and a Ford Mustang outside. Five liter GT, Shelby. I mean, painted up with stripes, extra chrome. He just drives that one on Sundays for fun. <laughs> Got himself a motorcycle. couple of them, in case he has guests over, they all want to go out. Got himself a couple of dogs. Wife has a couple of cats. Might even have some exotic birds in the in the castle. Whatever it might be. A sound system. Bows. Speakers. Surround sound. Big screen TV. I mean, come on. He's this, this got all this stuff. So he comes in with all this stuff all around. And what's he do? 
Goes up to his room, gets in his bed. I'm not eating nothing. I'm sad. I can't have my vegetable garden. Now think about this. Why does he want a vegetable garden so close to his his uh, mansion? Is he going to work it? Is he going to haul the vegetables in when they're... Does he want it close by so he doesn't have that far to go? He's not hauling those vegetables in. Someone else is doing it for him. So what's the matter how close it is? Does he want the view of the vegetable garden over the vineyards? I mean, how many of you have seen a vineyard? Looks pretty nice. Vegetable garden? Hmm. Why in the world does he need all this? But he goes up in the room. He gets up in the bed. I'm not eating nothing. He put on a show. We're going to let everybody know. I'm upset. I am distressed. Now, have you ever gotten to a place in your life where you knew, no matter what else you had, you must have this in order to be happy? Have you ever had that? I mean, you were doing fine with your TV, but then all of a sudden you saw big screen plasma. And you just knew, you're, you go in there and you watch TV, it's just, just no good. It's no good. I get depressed when I watch TVs now. I can't. I need a big screen. God, I need a big screen TV! And you get the big screen TV and it's in there and it doesn't have surround sound. Oh, I need surround sound! If I only had surround sound, I would be happy. And you get the surround sound, and guess what? I know, I need an iPod. If only I could have an iPod, I would be happy. And you get the iPod, and it works for a week or two. I know, I need a motorcycle. If I had a motorcycle, I could ride around with Keith and then I would be happy. I see Brother Keith walking around. He's happy. If I only had a motorcycle, I would be happy. And then you get the motorcycle and guess what happens? Do you know why poor people are happier than rich people? Because poor people still have the hope that if I get that thing, I might be happy. They still have that hope. They still think, if I get that, I, I, that's all it is. I am one thing away from being happy. Once I get that, I'm there. But rich people already know, it won't, it's not there. I can have anything I want. And I'm not happy. So that's why they're the most unhappy people around. Because there isn't anything they can hold their hopes to. If I just get that, in your outline, you got a blank line in there. I have it in mind too, it's blank. It says, ever felt like you just need a... What? You are just away. You are just a new house away from happiness. You are just a new car away from happiness. You are just a new job, one new job. You just get that new job, you are happy. You are just a wife away from being happy. You are just a husband away from being happy. You are just a boyfriend or girlfriend away from being happy. You have everything you need. You just get that girlfriend. I am just a dog away from happy. If I get that puppy, I know I would be happy. I know it. I am just four gigabytes away from being happy. I have a four gigabyte iPod, but I need an eight gigabyte iPod. Four gigabytes away, I know I would be happy. 
Isn't that the way it is though? We're just so close to being happy. We just need one thing and we get that one thing and it's not enough. Ahab has a castle, chariots, gold, silver. What doesn't he have? He is the king. But I don't have a vegetable garden. <laughs> the story of a man, he had a really discouraged, discouraging day at work. Melvin was his name. And Melvin came home and plopped down the couch and he began to wallow in self-pity and just, oh, it was so hard and it was so tough and it was, oh, it was this, it was all that. And his wife listened to him and after a while she just didn't even look up from work what she was doing. She just said over to him, because he's over there moaning and groaning and griping and complaining. He says, I know it. The whole world hates me. <laughs> and she doesn't even look up from her work. She just heads over to him and says, Oh, honey, the whole world doesn't hate you. The whole world doesn't know you yet. <laughs> doesn't that make you feel better? But Jezebel, his wife, came to him. And said to him, why is your spirit so sullen that you eat no food? Oh, what's the matter, honey? What's wrong with you? What's the matter? And he said to her, because I spoke to Naboth the Jezreite. <laughs> and, and he said, I said, give me your vineyard. <laughs> I said, I'll give you money. I'll give whatever you want. <laughs> But, but he said, no. He said, no, I can't have the vineyard. And I wanted it for a vegetable garden. That's what he said. <laughs> and he answers it, I will not give you my vineyard. Is that what he said? What did he say? The Lord won't let me give you my, my vineyard. It has to stay in my family. But that's not what he said to Jezebel, is it? He said, He won't give it to me. Jezebel, his wife. Now, Jezebel, she's another story. We have the kids in with us today. Guys, do not find a Jezebel for a wife. The problem comes in is that most men cannot recognize Jezebel. At least not the one that you're dating. Men can recognize Jezebels in other women that they're not interested in. But they cannot recognize the Jezebel that they are interested in. That's just the way that you're wired. If you like her, she isn't a Jezebel. If you don't like her, she could be. <laughs> I mean, it's no problem for you to see the Jezebel in another woman you don't like. But if you like her, she, she's no Jezebel. Don't you go putting down my woman like that. That's why I always tell our youth, when I was a youth leader, I always told them, says, don't trust yourself to, to pick the right person to get married to. Don't trust yourself. You will make the wrong decision. Just know it. Just tell yourself. Look up in the morning and say, I will make the wrong decision. I will pick the wrong person. I need help in that. Tell yourself that all the time. I need help in it. And if you do, you won't get a Jezebel. Because other people can see Jezebels a whole lot easier when they don't like them. You start liking them, you won't, you won't hear it. You won't see it. 
Now, same thing works for the women. Because there's nasty men out there. There's Ahabs out there. And you'll get one of those if you just let yourself pick it. Because you women, if you like the guy, you can't tell that he's an Ahab. You just can't tell. You, you just hang out there with him and people tell you, why are you hanging out with that guy? Why are you putting him down so much? You just got to get the chance to get to know him. If you just got some time to get to know him, he'd be all right. Trust yourself not in the area of marriage. I followed that advice myself and look how it worked out for me. Amen. Amen. Thank you. That wasn't supposed to be fun. (laughs) You all people, I'll tell you. I had people picked out and mom and dad chimed in and they said, no, we like her, but she's not it. I learned to listen. I can't just go out there and preach, tell other people, listen, and then not. So I learned to listen. You learn to listen too. It will help you out. Because people, other people can see stuff in your relationship you cannot see. Now, you can ignore me if you want. But don't come crying to me when you get a bad one. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, you did. I told you. Someone else told you. We told you the principles to follow. Listen. You didn't listen. You're stuck. Don't get a Jezebel. Hey, look what she's going to do. Then Jezebel's wife said to him, You now exercise authority over Israel. In other words, don't forget you're the king. Arise. Eat food. And let your heart be cheerful. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. Now, Here's the blank we haven't filled in for you, for you yet. This whole section, what's this about plowing? This has about, been about plowing. Ahab has been being plowed. That's what he's been done. Now, if you are going to... How many of you know we're in springtime? And when it's springtime and you have children, then you send them out to plow your garden. Amen. If you don't have children, have some so they can plow your vegetable garden <laughs> in the springtime. <laughs> but you know, they have, you have children, they, you send them on out there to get your vegetable garden ready and they go out there and they plow it on up. I did that for my parents. But we didn't have, well, they may have had automated machines for that. We did not have an automated machine. We had a fork. Fork about that big, four prongs on it. And you'd stick that in the ground and you'd flip it up and you got, you know, that little bit of area done. About a foot. And then you go up to the next one. And you do that one. And then you go up to the next one. We didn't even have oxen. <laughs> didn't even have that. And you had to go through there and do all that. And then you had to break up the clumps and, and get it. It was, it was a good workout for the day. Get that vegetable garden ready and, and then uh, you know plant the things and stuff like that. And we did that because my mom loved tomatoes. She loved having fresh tomatoes come out of there. She loved the tomatoes and the peppers and stuff. I hated tomatoes and I hated peppers. They were the things that grew the best in our garden. I hated them both. Now, I've gotten to the point where I like tomatoes. Peppers, I'm sort of on the fence with, but I like peppers in some things. Not a whole lot. I'm just not a big pepper fan. But I still have to be out there and, and grow because mom liked them. They got to take care of mom. <laughs> so we're out there taking care of all those things and, and doing such stuff. But here's his wife. She's going to go out there. She's going to take care of this for him. You just go on. You be cheerful. 
How many of y'all know this is just an act? By hey, I get some attention. You all don't do that though. You all don't feel pity, self-indulging. Th- oh, if only this hadn't happened. If the, oh, this this shouldn't have happened to me. So you don't feel that way, but other people do. So just imagine. Just imagine that kind of stuff. You've never... I heard this. Someone said this in one of the things I listened to. And I got rebuked for it. I've said this out of my own mouth sometimes. You probably have said this out of your mouth sometimes. So don't sit there and say, I'm picking on you, okay? Amen. Amen. There you go. All right. (laughs) I heard someone say, said, how many times have you let words come out of your mouth to say, I don't deserve that. Or, I deserve that. How many times have you been working for something or you wanted to get something nice for yourself and then somebody comes up to you and says, you deserve it, you work hard. Right? Or sometimes you go on your own self and you begin to think about stuff and say, you know, I don't deserve that. I can't believe my boss said that to me. I don't deserve that. Thank God you don't get what you deserve. Just remember that. Thank God you don't get what you deserve. If you get stuck in the mentality of getting what you deserve, God cannot bless you. He cannot bless you. If you are stuck in the mentality of what you deserve. Because you cannot be gracious to someone who expects it. You cannot be gracious to someone who expects it. Grace is given to those who don't deserve it. Right? Isn't that grace? How can we get something by faith from God through grace? If I think I I deserve God, I don't deserve that. God, I do deserve that. I've worked hard. I've done you well. I deserve that. How many times has that come across? Get that mentality out. Stop thinking that way. And don't let other people tell you, you deserve that. Stop them. Don't let it go on. No, no, don't, don't be thinking that way. Don't get on this because the Word of God says that God blesses us, that God's a God of grace and mercy, and we are recipients of grace. Thank God I don't get what I deserve. <laughs> anyway, Ahab has been being plowed the whole time. He sat up there, he got this thing going. In his mind, he already had the tomatoes and the peppers planted. Already had that done. He just was waiting to take it over so he could, you know, move the trees out of the way. But in his mind, it's already done. And he's thinking, I'm the king. Of course, this belongs to me. The whole land belongs to me. And he's beginning to think this way and go along this way. And when he got a no, he goes on back there. What do you think he's saying to himself? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You think that's what he's saying? I don't think that's what he's saying. What's he going over? That mean Naboth. Can't believe he's keeping this from me. Can't believe. And he's getting to fester over there. How many times has something happened to you that you think you didn't deserve or didn't happen to you, you think you deserved? And what happens to you in your mind? You begin to think about this thing and mull over it and mull over it and mull over it. You are being plowed. Satan is trying to plow your mind to receive the things he has. 
And so you begin to think about all these things, what you deserve, what you don't deserve, the unjust things that have been done to you, and you're going on, and you're going on, you're thinking on this stuff, and you're meditating on this stuff. I don't deserve that. I can't believe my husband did that. I can't believe my wife did that. I don't deserve that. I don't deserve that. I deserve better. I deserve better. And you're going over this, and you're thinking all this stuff, and, and as soon as you get into that mentality, wrong thoughts get planted on the inside. You are wide open to them. He doesn't love you. She doesn't care for you. She's not treating you right. He's not respecting you the way that he should. And these thoughts begin to get sewed in. And Yeah, that's right. Because if he did, he wouldn't have done this. Or if she did, she wouldn't have done that. And kids, you can do it with your parents. And parents, you can do it with your kids. And you can do it with your boss. And you can do it with your friends. You can do it with your neighbors. And you just begin to fester on all this stuff. And you begin to think, I don't deserve that. I shouldn't have that going on in my life. That shouldn't be happening. God, I have done better. I have served you faithfully. I should have more. Anybody else think that way? Then Jezebel's wife said to him, You now exercise authority over Israel. Arise, eat food, and let your heart be cheerful. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. Now, at chapter 21, it ended at verse 7. How many of you all know she does not have good things planned? Well, Ahab knows that too. He just gets up. All right, good. It's going to be taken care of. <laughs> Glory to God. Yeah. Just think of it this way. Husbands, you come on home after going to the auto show and now you want whatever the big car is. BMW, Aston Martin, something expensive. Lexus. You come on home and you have that and you come on home you cry to your wife. Oh, I want that to you. And you get the, get the car that you want and, and she, she says to you, don't you worry about it. I'll have it for you tomorrow. And you know you can't afford it. And you know, you, she can't afford it. And she said, I'll have it for you tomorrow. And, and something has to happen here. You guys don't have the money. Well, he just goes on and he eats and so forth. And she wrote letters in Ahab's name, sealed them with his seal, and sent the letters to the elders and nobles who were dwelling in the city with Naboth. She wrote in a letter saying, Proclaim a fast and seat Naboth with high honor among the people. Be careful. When people honor you and you don't know why. <laughs> Always be careful. Guys, if a girl suddenly is giving you all the attention, be careful. <laughs> Girls, if some guy is suddenly giving you all kinds of attention, be careful. It's probably not for a good reason. People don't just suddenly honor you for no reason at all. So be careful. Let's seat Naboth with high honor among the people. Seat two men, scoundrels, before him to bear witness against him, saying, You have blasphemed God and the king. Then take him out and stone him that he may die. Now, Ahab's not really killing them, right? So the men of the city, the elders, the nobles, and the inhabitants of the city, did as Jezebel had sent to them. And as it was written in the letters which she had sent to them. They proclaimed a fast and seated Naboth with high honor among the people. And two men, scoundrels, came in and sat before him. The scoundrels witnessed against him, against Naboth in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth has blasphemed God and the king. Then they took him outside the city and stoned him with stones so that he died. Then they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth has been stoned and is dead. And it came to pass when Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned and was dead, that Jezebel said to Ahab, Rise, Take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite, 
which he refused to give you for money. For Naboth is not alive, but dead. So it was when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, that Ahab got up and went down to take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. Now, picture what's going on here. Who died? Naboth. Did his wife die? Did his kids die? So what are they doing? What happens if you're in your household if the man in the house died? What would you all be doing? Glory to God! We've been trying to get rid of him for a long time! <laughs> now, what would, what would happen inside the house? There'd be mourning. There'd be funeral. There'd be sadness. And here comes King Ahab. I'm just looking around. Seeing where I'm going to put my vegetable garden now. Because I'm going to take this. He comes down to people in the midst of them mourning and grieving and being sad because their dad just died, their husband just died. Here he comes. Ah, how you doing? Oh, have you come to pay your respects? No, no, no. Just, uh, just looking around. Take, I'm, I'm going to take this over now. And then he get any money for it. So now you lost your husband, you lost your vineyard, lost your family's inheritance. It's all gone. Lost it all. How cruel is this guy? But you see. Once the field was plowed, first they had the plowing, then they had the seeding. The thoughts were seeded, the actions were seeded, and things went on. You ought to understand this. The plowing that was going on in this self-fulfilling, self this pity party that they were having, these thoughts were thoughts that would result in death. And not only Naboth's. The thoughts that they had, the end result is death. That's how severe this is. If you get into a self-centered, a pity party, selfishness comes in, and you're just thinking about, oh, I need to have this. Oh, if only I had this, I'd be happy. Oh, if only this. You start getting into that. You are letting your field, your mind be plowed, and wrong thoughts are going to get set in. And those thoughts will drive a wedge between you and people you need in your life. They will drive a wedge between you and things that you need in your life. And once that wedge is set in there, it'll be tougher for you to get that out. It will rob you. It will steal from you. It will take from you. And the thoughts could end the end result could be death. All because he wanted a vegetable garden. He wasn't happy with the result. So we had plowing. We had seeding. Verse 17, Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Remember Elijah? He's had a few run-ins with Ahab already. Arise, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, who lives in Samaria. There he is in the vineyard of Naboth, where he has gone down to take possession of it. You shall speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord, Have you murdered and also taken possession? And you shall speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord, In the place where dogs licked the blood of Naboth, dogs shall lick your blood, even yours. So Ahab said to Elijah, Have you found me, O my enemy? And he answered, I have found you because you have sold yourself to do evil in the sight of the Lord. Now, he does not defend himself this time. He does that because he's been called an enemy before. He says, I found you. Yeah, I'm your enemy right now. Mm -hmm. I have found you because you have sold yourself to do evil in the sight of the Lord. So understand, this is not his first act of evil. He's done many before. 
Behold, I will bring calamity on you and I will take away your posterity and I will cut off from Ahab every male in Israel, both bond and free. And I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Naboth, and like the house of Basha, the son of Ahijah, because of the provocation which you have provoked me to anger and made Israel sin. And concerning Jezebel, the Lord also spoke, saying, The dogs shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. Now, how many of you all read books and studied things about the Jezebel spirit? Yeah, how many times you find the Jezebel spirit mentioned in the Word of God? Mm-hmm. That should tell you something. What is... I mean, if you want to find out what the, what the, what the Bible says about all this, just what is Jezebel up to? She's going to get her way. She's going to do what she wants. This is the kind of things that go on. But anyway, she's going to die too. The dog shall eat whoever belongs to Ahab and dies in the city. And the birds of the air shall eat whoever dies in the field. Told you, God didn't have a whole lot of good things to say about dogs. You may like them. I may like them. God don't have a whole lot of good things to say about them. He made them. <laughs> so, he's going on down there to take possession. He's met by Elijah. Because God told him ahead of time, this is what's going on. He gets met by Elijah. He gets rebuked. Now, here's something really interesting. Verse 27. So it was when Ahab heard those words that he tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his body and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went about mourning. Picture this. This is not just for an hour. He does this and operates this way and he walks around the house. He is the king. He operates as king with sackcloth on, ashes on his head in mourning. What do you think his wife is saying to him? What are you doing? You're the king. What are you going around that stuff for? Who is Elijah? Who is God that you should be listening to all this stuff? Quit that. Take that stuff off. And he didn't do it. He stood up to her this time. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite saying, Now, see how Ahab has humbled himself before me. Because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring this calamity in his days. In the days of his son, I will bring the calamity on his house. So God put it off until the next one. You know what that bought him? Three years. Chapter 22, verse 1. Now three years passed without war between Syria and Israel. And this is the battle in which Ahab will die. Bought him about three years. Wasn't good. We had the plowing, we had the seeding. And then we had the reaping. He reaped. He went on down to reap the uh, end result of all this stuff. And then we had the threshing. Remember God talks about the threshing floor? Mm-hmm. A little bit of judging going on. Well, God judged and threw him up in the air and says, you're chaff. Mm-hmm. Took care of him. So he, had about, he got an extra three years out of all this. Now, is Ahab, when he faces this whole thing with the vineyard, do you pick up an atmosphere, an attitude of thankfulness with Ahab? Is he thankful for what he has? Does he come back in the castle and say, thank you, God, for all the vineyards that I had that I could even offer Naboth a better vineyard than he has. Thank you, God, for such a wonderful castle. Thank you, God, for such wonderful servants and people who help me out, do things. Thank you, God, such a wonderful, beautiful bedroom that I can come up here and lay in and just meditate on the things of God. Thank you, God, for a wonderful meal that I'm going to go downstairs and enjoy. Thank you, God, for chariots that I get to ride in. Wonderful chariots. Thank you for the opportunity of being king. Thank you for all the gold and silver 
that you have blessed my household with. Does he do that? What's he do? I don't have a vegetable garden. I wanted a vegetable garden. I can't have a vegetable garden where I want to have a vegetable garden because I want to have it there and he won't let me. He's not very thankful. If you get, allow yourself to get out of a thankful attitude and you allow yourself to get into a grumbling and complaining attitude, an attitude that looks at what I don't have. I don't have this. I don't have that. This isn't there. This isn't there. If you allow yourself to get into that, guess what? You are allowing your field to be plowed. Thoughts to be sown in your head that can result in death, loss, destruction, whatever it is that's down the road. Do not let them get into you. What if they have it stayed thankful instead of sorrowful and filled with self-pity? What would have happened? Father God, you know, I just had it in my heart to, to build a vegetable garden there, but that's all right. I can build a vegetable garden someplace else. I'm, I'm, I just thank you for all the things you give me. What if he had done that? Do you think God might have opened up an opportunity for him to have the vegetable garden where he wanted it? Folks, stay away from thoughts like, I don't deserve that. I deserve better. I need this to make me happy. I'll read them for you again if you want to get them. Stay away from thoughts like, I don't deserve that. Stay away from thoughts like, I deserve better. Stay away from thoughts that say, I need this to make me happy. Stay away from those thoughts. You have everything you need right now to be happy. Amen. Right now, you have everything you need to make you happy. Everything. You are not lacking for anything to make you happy. What you have right now, make you happy. But if you begin to get into this attitude, pretty soon your job isn't any good anymore. And you're going to want another job. And your work is going to change. And then maybe later on, they fire you. And you don't have any job. That's not good. Or you get uh, enticed to leave your secure job to go after something else and that job falls through. And now you can't get your old job back. That's not good either, is it? We don't need to have those things going on. Stay away from those thoughts. Those thoughts will hurt you. They will destroy you. Now, many of you have friends that are perfect. The only one, huh? <laughs> you know why you don't have perfect friends? Because you meditate on their problems. <laughs> you meditate on their problems. You meditate on the things that they aren't doing. The things they are doing that you don't want them to do. They can take things away from that, can it? You know what, folks? Just enjoy people. Just enjoy them. Too often we get these high expectations of people. And as soon as they let us down those expectations, I don't like them anymore. They're no good anymore. They let me down. Can't believe they let me down. Oh, what they did? Can't believe they did that. I'll tell you what, just relax. Enjoy life. Enjoy your job. Look at what your job does. It's good. I told you before, I had one job I didn't like in my entire life. None before I pastored here, but 
No, just seeing if y'all still with me. <laughs> but you know, I mean, they were, they weren't phenomenal by anybody's stretch of the imagination. They 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 weren't phenomenal jobs. But I always just I from the time I was sixteen, took my first job at age sixteen, I made two dollars and fifty cents an hour, and I loved that job. I walked to it or ran to it and ran home, and I loved that job. $2.50 an hour. You know what I was responsible for $2.50 an hour? After a couple of months of being there, I was responsible for the entire store. I would walk in with the key, unlock the store, lock it up when I left. Turned everything off, ran the register, sold the stuff, cleaned the tanks, cleaned the store. In fact, the boss even would go on vacation and leave me with the store. For $2.50 an hour. After a while, I got a quarter raise. And I made $2.75 an hour. Got to be happy with what I had. I learned to enjoy I looked at that job for what it did and what it brought me. I made pizzas and would work 18-hour days and loved every minute I was there. I would drive a horseradish truck and start at 4 a.m. in the morning and work until no one would let me in their stores anymore at 5.30 at night. And they were in their, their rush. And then I would work with paperwork and do other stuff until 10 o'clock at night. And I loved every minute of that job because I focused on what was good. I'd walk around there and say, Glory to God, I get to work down the shore in the ocean air. No one tells me what to do. I just go out and do it. Actually, they did because I had parameters to work with them. But you you look at what's good about it. Stop complaining. Stop focusing on what's bad. Enjoy your friends. Stop looking at where they come up short. Enjoy who they are. Enjoy what they sow into you. Enjoy the the, the fun that's there. There is fun to be had down here on on this earth. I know there's more fun upstairs. But for right now, you're down here. And stop looking at all your friends' shortcomings and your job shortcomings and your checking account shortcomings and all these other shortcomings that are all around you. Stop looking at all that and get into an attitude of thanksgiving. Father God, I thank you. The Word of God says, give thanks always. Father God, I thank you that I have a good life, that I have good friends. I thank you that I have all that I need to be happy. I have all... That I need. Ethel was talking about Brother David Ingalls. I love sometimes just putting his song on. I have all that I need to make me happy. He has a song that actually sings that. I put that on there. I have all that I need to make me happy. <laughs> Glory to God. Do you have all that you need to make you happy? Amen. If you don't, change your attitude. You can have all that you need to make you happy. Fill this in on your outline. Rejoice. Don't refuse. Rejoice. Whatever you've got, rejoice in it. Father God, I thank you for the church that I have, and I rejoice in that. I thank you for the friends that I have, and I rejoice in that. I thank you for the job that I have, and I rejoice in that. And if you rejoice in the things that you have, and take pleasure in the things that you have, and thank God for the parents that you have, and thank God for the wife that you have, and thank God for the kids that you have, and thank God for the husband that you have, and even thank God for the house that you have, You will enjoy whatever else comes your way. 
It'll just add to the enjoyment you already have. And you just go on. Glory to God. You do not need anything added to your life for happiness. You have all that you need right now to be happy. And until you can realize that you have everything that you need right now to be happy, you never will be. You'll fall into the place of an Ahab and go cry in your room because you can't have a vegetable garden. Nah, don't do that. I have all that I need to make me happy. But if you focus on what you don't have, if you focus on what doesn't make you happy, if you focus on where you lack, then it'll change things. I'm not telling you I'm perfectly disciplined in this. Please don't get that idea. There's times I'm sitting in there in the shop, standing away, and the thought comes in, I would like to go inside and sit down and relax. I would, not, I would like to not have the thought that this bed must be out by tomorrow. <laughs> I would like to not have all that going on. I would like to just be able to go on out back and enjoy the sunshine. But see, if I begin to meditate on thoughts like that and begin to think on, well, you deserve and you don't deserve and you should have and you should not have then my happiness is affected. But I can sit out in the shop, standing away, and put stuff in my ears. Thank God I got a place I can listen to Brother Hagen all I want to. I can go through a whole series in a day and just listen to the whole thing from beginning to end. Glory to God. You can enjoy what you have. You can enjoy it. No one else needs to alter this. You can enjoy life now. You can have happiness now. But adopt a life of thanksgiving. The Word of God, we didn't even go through all the verses of Scripture that talk about and exhort how we should be thankful. How we should rejoice always. Adopt that lifestyle. Once you pick up that lifestyle and you adopt that lifestyle, you won't let it go. You can always be thankful. Thank you, God for the things that have gone on this week. Thank you, God, for the things that are coming up next week. Thank you, God, for the wife that I have. Thank you, God, for the husband that I have. Thank you for the, for the friends that are in my life. Thank you for the things that they sow into me. Thank you for a place to go and worship you. Thank you for sunshiny days. Thank you for warmth. Thank you for the cold every now and then. Get to enjoy the warmth even more when it's here. Whatever it is, keep yourself in the mode of being thankful. Because all it takes is one thing, and you can be just like Ahab, who's going on down there, oh, I got an idea, oh, this is so good, oh, this is... To moping in the bedroom and crying to your wife about how you don't have. And if you just have this, you know you'll be happy. Did you all stand up with me? Father, we thank you for the help that you give us to follow what you say in your word, to do what you say in your word, that we will abide by your word. We won't focus on the things that we lack. We won't focus on the weaknesses in our friends. Father, we will focus on their strengths. We will enjoy what they bring. We will enjoy the things that we have, the car that we have, the house that we have. 
the things that are in that house. And we will not adopt that mentality that says, oh, if I only had. Oh, if it was only different here. Oh, if this could only happen this way. <laughs> Glory to God. Father, we give You praise always. In all things, we can give You thanksgiving. We don't have to give You thanksgiving for all things because no, not all things come from You. But in all things, we can give thanks. And we adopt that mentality today. The victory comes as we are faithful in thanksgiving. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, it's so easy to get focused on the defeat. It's so easy to get focused on, oh, it's gonna, this one's going to do me in. This one's taking me down. But no, thanks be to God who gives to me the victory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We praise you for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.